Hi, my name is Tom Alston. I'm the founder and CEO of Aeromarine Tax Professionals. Here on the Winning Pitch Broadcast, I'm going to tell you how it is. I'll be sharing the ins and outs of business management, improving your sales skills, building personal and professional wealth, and balancing it all with your personal and family life, excluding the part about balancing it with your personal life. Don't expect a filter because we're about to rustle some feathers. Have fun. So, welcome to the first podcast of 2021. I have a friend of mine named Mark Jean, who is uh, an expert in all things uh, construction and sound and electronics and all the other lies that he've told me. And uh, I'm going to let him tell you his story. And Mark, you can start in the womb or you can start it when you're five years old or you can start when you're 10 years old or you can start yesterday. So the floor is all yours. Oh, well, thank you. Well, um, my name is Mark, as Tom said, and I guess I'll start, you know, just telling I was born in Houston, Texas and grew up there. And the son of Marvin and Glenda Jean, my parents who just celebrated 63 or 64 years of marriage. So that's a huge accomplishment. I am a husband to Paula and a father to Marcus and Maximus, my two boys. They're 13 and 15. And so um, I am a business owner. I own a company called Ardent Integrated, and we install technology into homes. So we um, are smart home integrators, I guess you could call us. And okay, you, you froze up a little bit. So just to make sure that everyone can hear what you said, go from after your part where you enter, where you introduce your son and then you went into your company's name so that everybody can knows what you do. Okay. So I own a company called Ardent Integrated Systems, and we design and install smart home technology into high-end residences. And so we've had that company for about 12 years now, and we are learning to scale with the help of Cardone Ventures and um, a few other people that are helping us scale our business. And aside from being a business owner, I play guitar. I'm a musician and songwriter and have had a little bit of success with that. And now I'm here talking with Tom as a Grant Cardone licensee. What is the greatest success in your life up to this point? The greatest success, you know, the first thing that came to mind, I guess, is being a husband and a father. Um, those are things that I really, um, you know, it's a learning process for me. It's like, and I kind of equate it to other people in my life that have encouraged me. Okay. I will equate all of it to other people in my life because that is really the truth. Because the people that have encouraged me, the example set by my parents and then my wife's parents who have been married over 50 years as well. So, you know, those are great examples to have to see people that have have, you know, made that commitment, stuck to it and, you know, are living examples of what it's like to be in a marriage relationship. And so that's been a huge to me. I I say that's one of the biggest successes that I've had. And then just learning to be a dad, you know, a parent to my boys. And I've, I've kind of over the past year and a half really learned not to parent, I say in quotes, my kids, but to more be a coach and mentor to them 
And that's completely changed the dynamic of how I talk to them, how I engage with them and how I um, interact with them. And I think um, I see the conversations that I have with my oldest son and I can see that change and, and that's encouraging I to me. I understand what you're talking about because when you talk to someone from your dad hat, you're, you uh-huh. tend to be ivory tower authoritarian and you talk from your coach's hat, you're trying to communicate to them to improve something that you're doing. And it's at a whole different level of communication. So I applaud you for doing that. Where did you learn how to do that? Um, two places. One is a friend of mine that coaches a, a track club here in, in Los Angeles, um, the West Valley Eagles. And so my youngest son was, was part of the club. And so I was helping him coach just, you know, being a parent volunteer and helping with the kids and watching his interaction with the kids, how he would engage them, how he would ask questions that really made me think, huh, I, the kids really respect him and look up to him for that. So it just made me start shifting instead of telling my kids what to do, asking them questions like, um, my, especially my one son, Marcus, who loves to procrastinate and he would procrastinate on school projects that would be due the next day. And he'd have to stay up all night, you know, and he's like in eighth grade staying up half the night trying to do this project due tomorrow. And so instead of getting on to him about it, I said, well, you know, how did you enjoy staying up half the night, getting your project done? You know, do you think it would have been better to start sooner so that you could have had a good night's sleep? You know, so. I think watching him and I think the next place is being a part of uh, Grant Cardone licensee and with Richard Dolan and, you know, that team and learning how, you know, his coaching, how he coaches and how he coaches us as licensees. And that's really helped impact, you know, how I interact with my kids. So was there a turning point in your life? previous to the time that you became a licensee that really helped to motivate you to be the success that you are? Yes. And one of the things I've learned recently, and it's interesting too, because being a parent, you see, I see more of me and my kids than I did just looking at who I was and where I came or how I came to be where I'm at and seeing how they do things. And I'm like, wow, that's kind of how I used to do things. And one of the things I noticed that just made me reflect back on my life is my youngest son, Max, things come really easy to him. He can pick up on things and learn things really quick, but then he doesn't apply himself to really learn it or grow and, and get good at it or great at it. And that's kind of been the story of my life. When I saw that and recognized that in him, I thought, you know what? I've always been just good enough, but never great. You know, good enough to get the gig as a guitar player and tour with some bands or artists or play on some things, but not great enough to like excel to like that, that level of, you know, being just recognized for that. Was being part of a band one of your goals? It was when I was younger because music was my passion. And I've, I've toured okay. with some artists, some major label artists, and had some success, but nothing, you know, nothing like lasting. And that's why I think, you know, that just good enough gets you in there to do some things, but not great to sustain you to where people um, 
sorry about that. I thought I put my phone on, um, uh, do not disturb, but a call came in. I had to decline, but, um, yeah, just not great at what I do. And so the past year and a half, when I came across Grant Cardone and read his book, sell or be sold, I started realizing a lot in my life, why I had some success at things right at first, but could never break through to getting to that next level or that next plateau. And a lot of it, the first thing I realized after reading that book, you know, especially realizing, you know what, if I want to grow my business, I have to get good at sales. And the first thing he talks about is making a decision. You know, you have to make a decision to be good at something or to do something. And then the second thing is you got to commit. And so those are the two things that I've learned this past year and a half that have been getting me out of that just good enough and moving me into that great zone. And I've seen the difference in our business has nearly doubled in sales this past year during the pandemic of all things, you know, we've been busier than ever. And a lot of that I attribute to the things that I'm learning, being a part of, you know, Grant Cardone, licensee, engaging. And as our friend Ken Jocelyn says, getting in rooms where people who think bigger than you. And one thing that I've learned that I didn't do, I just was apprehensive to um, in the past is paying for access, which, you know, you find out a lot of these high performing people pay for coaches. You know, they pay a lot of money for coaches. And, you know, why do they do that when they're at the top of their game and they're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a year on the top coaches? And it just made me realize if I want to get there to that level of excellence, I need to hire someone that can coach me to get there. And when you pay for something, you're more likely to pay attention and, you know, put some energy and effort into, you know, applying what you're learning as opposed to just getting, you know, taking all the free stuff and free advice. Yeah. You know, you, you just made me think of a, I was, I was talking about paying for things and how it becomes more important to you. I remember when my son was in high school and, and my son is, has a very, very high IQ. And he would always come in with a 2.14, 2.35 because the 2.0 kept him eligible for sports. And it used to mm. frustrate the hell out of him. But then he moved out and went away to, I think he moved to Arizona for a while uh, on his own and did the things that 19 and 20 and 20 year olds do. And then he, he mm-hmm. says, Hey, I need to come home because I want to go to school because I don't want to work for wages for the rest of my life. I said, no problem. I said, what do you, what school are you going to go to? Well, I'm looking at electronic stuff and computers. I said, okay, two things. One, I told you before you move, before you decided to move away that if you, if once you leave, you pay for your own schooling after that. And two, you find your own place to live. And so he came back and he went into, uh, I don't remember what, whether it was Phoenix or whatever it was, and mm-hmm. he killed it and he had straight A's. And I, I said, now, what did you learn about this? The grades, look at the difference. You paid for it and you, you kept your standards high. And while I was mm-hmm. paying for it, you kept your standards at the minimum to keep you eligible to play baseball. So that was kind of the story that I wanted to throw in. So excuse me for interrupting you. Oh, no. And and that's exactly it. I mean, that's kind of what I've learned. It's like when I pay for something, I tend to put more effort and energy 
into making sure I'm getting out of what I I've paid for and not just, you know, doing it and not putting any energy or effort into it. But so I think while you were talking earlier and the every once in a while you freeze up and we'll, we'll mm. hopefully we can edit all that out. What motivated you to become a Grant Cardone licensee? I went to the 10X Growth Conference last year. I had no intentions of becoming a licensee or paying for the program. I just went to the Growth Conference because I wanted to learn more, you know, for about business and sales because that was the thing that, you know, I really realized that I needed to do to grow my company or start to scale. And on one of the mentor calls that I was a part of, Richard Dolan had spoke and said, hey, come see us. You know, I'd love to talk to you. And some of the things he said about how they can help help you grow and grow your business just kind of thought it's worth a conversation. So when I was at the conference, went and had a conversation with um, Richard Dolan and his team. And about 30 minutes into the conversation, next thing I know, I'm signing all, <laughs> signing all the paperwork. And it's like, it's like that what they say, you know, make a decision quickly and figure it out later. Yeah. Um, that's kind of basically what happened. You know, I was, I was a little freaked out that I spent 25 grand on that and woke up that night, you know, in the hotel room and then just sat down and wrote on an, a legal pad. Everybody I could think of that I could contact or call that might, you know, get benefit of the benefit or what I've gained out of Cardone University. And just made a big list of people and, you know, still trying to figure out what that means, you know, how I'm going to really monetize being a Cardinal licensee. But just aside from that, what I've gained out of it just in being in that group of successful entrepreneur and big thinking, big goal people has impacted my life tremendously. So I take it you feel the 25 grand was worth it and you've gotten you got your money's worth from becoming a Grant Cardone licensee. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So, so what, what, what's a critical moment in your life, whether you're a little tiny kid or a teenager or even in your 20s or 30s, that helped you to become the person that you are that's the, 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 on a successful path? You know, I think it's being curious, I guess, and, and seeing people that have success and wondering, wow, what, and until you get to know someone, cause, um, a lot of our clients have been hugely successful, you know, especially if they can spend $250,000 just on a room, you know, a theater to build a theater, you know, to right. be able to spend that kind of money. They've had a lot of success financially and in business, you know, and, so it kind of made me one time a couple of years ago, start asking questions, you know, what do you attribute, you know, your success to, if you, you know, like what one or two things that you do every day contribute to your success. And so I found a lot of them read every day, you know, whether it's something in their industry or read something on personal development, that was one thing. So there, and there were some things that surprised me. One guy said hydration. He said, you've got to hydrate. You've got to drink plenty of water and plenty of fluids. And so, uh, so I just thought, you know, Hey, if, if they're successful do what they do and, you know, maybe I'll have some success as well. So that was kind of my thought process in seeing how so things started so changing. You got on the hydration issue, if you got the idea that all you had to do was drink a gallon of water every day and your income would triple, that'd be real easy to accept, right? That would be really good. 
but the one benefit that I did get from that hydration is I started getting a lot of stiffness in my lower back when I, and you know, I'm in my, I'm 50 over 50, I'll say 50 plus. Yeah. And well, I'm, so, I'm still old enough to be your father. So don't worry about it. <laughs> well, thank you, Tom. I appreciate the, uh, I just started waking up being really stiff and not as flexible and as limber. I couldn't like stretch and bend down and touch my toes. And I just started thinking, well, it's just part of getting old. You just don't have the flexibility. And when this one client of, of ours said, you know, you got to hydrate, I started drinking more water. I, I have this flask. It's a 40 mm-hmm. ounce flask. And I try to go through two of these a day. Well, I started noticing things that now when I get up, if I've been sitting for, you know, 45 minutes or an hour, when I get up, I'm not stiff and having to, to, uh, you know, app from sitting for so long. And then I noticed my back is a lot more limber. I can stretch. And so I started realizing maybe some of the things I've had or issues I had were because I was not hydrated like I should. So um, a lot of people have figured that out in the last 20 or 30 years. Yeah. So that was, I mean, to me, that's just, that's been a huge awakening, I guess you could say, just staying hydrated for my health. And um, what other what else did you ask? What was the other thing that you asked? Well, I'll ask you the question a different way. I'm not doing a very okay. good job of keeping you picking your brain out because it it, it keeps it, you keep freezing up, and I'm worried about that. We'll be able to uh, put all this back into a video, which I'll let you know as soon as we can get at it. Um, okay. If you had the opportunity to go back and talk to yourself at seven, what would you tell yourself today? Hmm. At seven. I, I mean, I had a pretty good childhood, so I don't know what what I would say as far as, you know, because what I would say now would be, oh, if I want to think, you know, um, study hard, you know, learn what you can. But at seven, I don't think that's really something that is. All right. Is, pick a different time. 14. Okay. I would say that's a good, that would probably be a good, a good part, 14 or 15. Um, to me, I would say develop good study habits and skills, you know, cause that was one of the things in school for me, I would rather be outside playing sports, you know, back at that time it was, you know, play outside, you know, play sports or TV only had like, you know, at that time cable TV was just out. Yeah. And so now there's way more distractions now than there were back then, but I still found distractions from schoolwork. And I think a lot of that having good study habits and developing those earlier helps with having discipline later on in life that when you have to do things, because I did just enough work to get by to make C's and, you know, the occasional B, but then I, I would, when I really had to study for a test for a class and I would make an A, I'd go, Oh, I can do this. And then I would go back to doing just enough to get by because I, I let myself know, Hey, if I apply myself, I can do it. But it wasn't important to me, I guess, because. So how did you apply the discipline with those kinds of study habits to learn how to play the guitar? Yeah. I guess when something is exciting and fun, you'll spend time doing it because I mean, there was a time where I would spend you know, six, seven hours a day playing guitar. 
And, and so that to me was a lot of fun and exciting of learning that where sometimes school stuff wasn't that fun unless there was a subject that, you know, intrigued me or, or got me excited about, but I guess you have to find something that is interesting to you, or you have to have a big enough reason why you want to learn to do something that pushes you or motivates you to, you know, apply discipline in your life. Kind of like we all got when the pandemic hit, right? You got, we got real motivated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm still a little bit of intrigued about the focus to play the guitar. Now I completely understand it because I always wanted to play a guitar. And when I was in the fourth grade, my parents bought me a guitar and paid for some lessons and I didn't stick with it. The reason I didn't stick with it was because I want to just play it. I don't want to go through all the, the, the practice and, and, and do all that stuff. And I, yeah, I, it was, it, it, it's a major weakness in the way that I uh, approach things. So, so I'm going to ask you two questions. And these are questions that when I was doing all the interviewing, I always ask prospective employees. So okay. taking into account all of your work history on the job, tell me about your single best day. Be very, very creative and descriptive. So the listeners to this podcast are in that a moment with you. The single best day of of my career ever on just, any job on any job pick on any job. You know, I think the single best day on any job or project is especially on the stuff that we do now is when we complete the job, everything goes well the client's excited about having their home, being able to control it. To me, that's an exciting day and being able to, you know, see the client's satisfaction or excitement about, wow, they can, you know, press one button, the lights dim, the shades go down, you know, the theater turns on and, and you know, they can start watching a movie or, or things like that. And that, you know, I think to me, those are, are days that I feel most satisfied. Okay. Um, at what we do. So let's pick on the other side. And this time I want you to be very descriptive and not just in general. Pick the time. Tell me where you were, what you were doing. Tell me about your single worst moment on any job. Single worst moment. I'm going to pick a job that was also a big learning moment too. Um, Great. So this was for a client. This was here in California at a condo on the beach right on the beach in Venice beach, you know, you walk out into the, the off the back balcony, you're in the sand, you've got like a hundred meters or a hundred yards of sand before you get to the beach. It's just really prime real estate for there. And, and Perfect. he had an, he had an older control system in his house and wanted to upgrade it and upgrade some parts of it. So I thought, sure, no problem. So this was kind of right at the beginning of, of my career in this, this industry. And the, we had all these issues, all these things that trying to integrate old stuff with new stuff, things weren't working or things were not going well. I was stressed out, couldn't sleep going, how can we figure this out? You know, trying to get help. Cause the guys that, you know, on the team that were trying to program the system were having issues. Then they weren't communicating with me of, what the status was, the client would come home and nothing would work. He couldn't lower his shades. He's exposed, you know, to 
when you're on the beach like that and the lights are on inside, everybody walking by can see in. So it was a very hard, stressful, feeling like a failure moment, I guess. How did you resolve it? What I did was I called the company and I think that's one thing, one trait. I don't know if you'd call it a character trait that I have is just being resourceful. And I want to make sure things get done. I don't just leave people hanging. You know, I want to resolve stuff and make sure it happens. So what I did was I thought it it just said call failed. And I got um, a little worried there for a second. Okay. Um, So what happened was I called the original guy that programmed the house. We put all the original stuff back. The original I paid. I think I paid $1,500 or $2,000 to have the original guy come out and re-upload the program so that it kind of reset his house back to the way it was and um, got it working. And, you know, the client told me, he said, because the conversations he would have, you know, he said, Mark, this isn't personal. It's a business decision I have to make. And um, I need to get this fixed and get it resolved. If you're not the person to do it, then we need to find the person who is and get that resolved. And so the way he phrased it helped me understand, you know, about how a client or or a homeowner thinks when we're trying to do something and they're having issues, you know? And so that really helped me out a lot in realizing he said, this is not a, a personal issue. It's a business issue. So business decision. So I found that very helpful. So if you could go back and make a different decision in a new unit of time, when you you told me you started your current business 12 years ago, is that correct? You told me you you started your current business 12 years ago. Um, So say that, repeat that question again, please. I'd be glad to. I think I remember you told me you've been in your current business for 12 years. Is that correct? Yes. That so is if correct. You go back to the day that you started, what would you do differently from what you're doing now? What oh man, that's a great question. And this is, and I'm struggling trying to change still the habits I did that I, when I started the business, because I started this business because I, you know, I enjoyed audio and video and stuff like that coming from a musical background. And Um, so I approached it more of like being a technician and not only finding the work, but being involved in doing the work. And so what I would change, and that's, that's not a great business model for scaling your business to grow. You being the one, it is, it's impossible. It is because you are going to limit yourself and you're always going to hit that ceiling and never grow beyond what you personally are capable of handling. And, you know, it was, there were times where it was really stressful and you feel like a failure because you can't do anything or get all the work done and you would take on more work than you could, you know, get to or do. And um, so what I would tell myself um, now is to focus on sales find a team, find people, find someone that loves, you know, technology and loves reading manuals and wants to do that and hire that person and hire other people around you. So you can focus on the business building activity. And that's what I'm trying to do now is stay focused on building the business and hiring those people around me to do the things that they enjoy 
that can help grow the company. So I'm learning. That's what I'm learning. Are you at all connected to Brandon Dawson? Yes, I have not gone through any of his programs yet because of uh, just I feel overwhelmed with all the things I'm doing through you know Grant and some of the other programs I'm doing. So I have not connected with him yet, but I do follow his his um, 10x. Uh, venture call on Tuesdays. Yeah. And, um, and just follow what he, what he does. And well, when you want, when you actually get committed to going to the next level of that lid that you're currently on, that's where uh-huh. you should go deal with Brandon Dawson's team. Cardone Ventures is the most amazing group of people and they're specifically focused on how to teach you how to scale your business. Um, that's my recommendation. Yeah. And that's, that's where I feel we're at now. Um, is that I'm the thing that's limiting us from growing because I'm still too much having to manage projects. I'm not necessarily going and doing the work, but I'm having to go be on site to manage projects and having to do things that I need to hire some, just bite the bullet or just you know, forget the fear of what happens. How am I going to pay the salary and how am I going to do this and just do it and then focus on, you know, the sales and relationships. So my recommendation to you again is stay connected, get on those calls and just listen to that. And when he offers one of those programs that's at a number that you can confront, just start it and you'll discover that they are the answer that you're looking for. I guarantee it, says the guy from uh, Men's Warehouse, right? Ah. Uh, It'll be the best decision that you've ever made. You'll be really happy that you did it. Well, good. I'm, yeah, I just from listening to him and being a part of those, I'm sure it would be great. I just feel, I feel like I've overloaded myself trying to get through all the different things. And so I'm yeah. trying to, to be selective. Especially with all the Zoom calls that we have to be on these days, right? Oh, I, have, no. I, have, I do all of them about halfway through and then I got another one and then I have to pick and choose. And some, yeah. are, some, some of those guys that are on doing this stuff are my friends and I don't want to not support them, but you know, it's, it's, you know, we're spinning plates like the guy in the, in the, in the circus. And yeah, you, know, you just have to make decisions every day. It's like running a business, just spinning plates. You just, yeah. you, you keep balancing things and, looking for what's the what's the very next action that's going to make you the most money that's the the list that grant puts you through about whether you should be doing something number one is 100 percent chance of making you money and number two i think is 85 percent chance and you should only do the top two of those so you know it's there's friends and family and training and all that I spend about two and a half hours a day training my employees on my nickel while I'm paying them because mm-hmm. I don't like to do things twice. I want them to know that I'm invested in him and them. And I'm a big believer in we leadership. So I empower people to make decisions. And it's just because I don't want to do that. I'm, I'm 72 years old. I don't want to do that stuff anymore. I just, I like working with people. Yeah. I like doing that. And I like doing podcasts with friends of mine like you. And, you know, it's, I, I, I would prefer 
to be doing this six to eight hours a day instead of running my tax business. But my tax business pays so well. And, and, and I've got a great group of 14 people that, that, you know, that, that are on board and we've created a good, strong culture. We have the morning meetings, like, just like the Cardone office. Have you ever been back to Cardone? Uh, no, I haven't. Every, the times I was supposed to go is all this year. And because of the pandemic, everything has been canceled. I mean, all of the boot camps I was signed up for, um, everything's been canceled. So yeah, well, what this this law will be over sometime in the next decade. In Cal, you, the unfortunate reality is you and I live in the same state, and we've got the most corrupt Hitlerized version of a, uh, and they keep shutting things down. It's like how fucking stupid can you be? You don't solve a a health problem with an economic solution. Unless you have a different yeah. agenda, which of course he does. So without getting myself off on a soapbox and stealing all your time. So if you could deliver a message to the entire world from Mark Jean's experience, what would it be? I think the first thing I would say is whatever it is you're going to do or you want to do in life is first thing, make that decision. Make a decision to do it. And the second thing is make that commitment because those are two things that I think if you make a decision, if you want to be a graphics designer, if you want to be you know, a business owner, whatever it is that you want to be, make that decision and then follow it up with a commitment and say, I'm committed to learning everything I can about this. I'm committed to you know, investing whatever resources I have to grow, to surrounding myself with great people. And then, you know, do the work put in the action and do the work. Those are the three things that I am realizing, you know, the more I apply those, those things in my life, the more success I start to see. And, you know, for me, it's, you know, making that decision to be great. And it's a struggle. I fight every day with going home, sitting in front of the TV, watching a basketball game or, whatever sport event might be on and get sucked into that or going, you know what? I could spend half an hour planning the rest of my week or planning what I'm doing tomorrow so I can sleep better at night and not have to think about things in the middle of the night. If what I forgot to do, you know? And so, um, I would say, you know, make a decision, make a commitment and take action on that. And, you know, it sounds it's simple, but it's not easy because it's simple to do, but it's not easy. You know, so you've got to put in the work, you know, it's a simple thing to make a decision, make a commitment and take action, but you've got to put in the work. Yeah. You have to actually do it. Huh? You can't yeah. Dream about it. Yeah. I completely. Understand. Not at all. So is there anything else you'd like to share with the world? You know, I think, the other thing I would share is, man, find a group of people and stay connected and stay committed. I mean, it's just like church. You know, I grew up, that's a big part of my life is my faith, you know, being a, a follower of Jesus, you know, and, and stuff and, you know, being a worship leader, playing guitar at a church for a while. And I think being connected in a community, especially, you know, like coming to LA, that was something that helped me just being connected and finding people that encourage you and support you especially in business or any area of life, I think 
you know, wherever you're at, finding people that is, you know, Ken Jocelyn always says, you know, our friend Ken, about getting in people that think bigger than you. If you're around people that have set big goals or think big, it inspires you and encourages you because, man, you know, we have all these Zoom calls and I need those Zoom calls. I mean, as much as I'm trying to, I'm busy, those Zoom calls, especially the Friday morning Zoom call that we have, you know, I can have a horrible week and I'm like, oh man, I just can't do this anymore. I get on that Zoom call and I'm inspired by the stories I hear of, of other people or what they're doing. And so I would say find a community, get connected, be around people that think bigger than you. And that would probably be my biggest piece of advice I could give to someone. Great, great. So we're at about the 45 minute mark. So uh, I'm just going to do a, a close. Okay. Thank you very much for being on the Winning Pitch broadcast and a podcast. I'm, I'm revealing my age here. And uh, um, sometime in the future, when you got an, a, a, a huge jump in success, I want you to come back and tell you how you went from where you are to where you jumped to, because that, those are just, as you already know, they're already belief lids. If you follow John Maxwell and he talks about, yeah. So. Uh, I enjoyed having the opportunity. I apologize for making you get on a half hour earlier and not doing it from home. And I hope you'll appreciate that symbol that uh, yes. the internet connection dropping out and freezing out hasn't completely wasted your time, but I'm going to postulate that it's all going to go well. Oh, good. And I apologize if I've parked in the area where I don't get good signal. But man, well, thank you so much, Tom. I, I I really enjoyed this. You know, it's it's encouraging to me, and and I don't talk enough about you know what's happening in my life to realize and be grateful for all that I've learned. Because this is one of those things. It's like, man, I'm just really grateful for all the experiences that I've had that's helped me grow to be where I'm at today, and things that I can continue to grow and learn from. And so. I appreciate you and inviting me to be on here. And man, I look forward to, you know, just more conversations and, and, um, you know, hopefully getting to rant and rave offline about our great state. Well, you use the word great and I use a different adjective, but, you know, well. <laughs> listeners get to, uh, they can figure it out. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. anyway, uh, if you can think of anyone who should be, I uh, should do else that I should do a podcast with, let me know. And okay. uh, I look forward to talking to you again. In fact, we're on a call at seven o'clock tomorrow morning, right? Yep. Did you get to see Grant last night on uh, this? I did. And you know what? I told my, my kids and my wife, I said at dinner time, I said, we are going to watch the show as a family. We're going to learn because I wanted them to see what happens when you strip everything away? You're starting from zero. And I wanted him to pay attention to what he, you know, what these people do. Cause then you grant and there are three other people, Monique and I forget the other girl's name, but what they did do and how they start to interact and grow with people or, or, or talk to people and network to start taking something from zero to a million dollars. And to my surprise, you know, they weren't really looking forward to it, but they said, okay, we'll do it. But to my surprise, they were into the show. It's like, 
they're really into it. They, um, you know, talked about, you know, oh, this person did really good, how they connected with that church and the pastor and, and didn't have to spend any money and got three nights of, you know, hotel paid for them and how Grant bartered, you know, being able to stay in that, that camper. So it, they were excited. They wanted to watch. We watched half of it and we're going to finish watching the rest of it a little later. Well, you got to watch more of it than I did. The problem I have is that it started at eight o'clock and I'm in bed by that because I get up at three forty-five every morning. So I haven't wow. seen it yet. So uh, my plan is to either watch it Friday night or Saturday. Yeah. And it's three hours long. So they did, it's almost like they took the three different people involved and instead of doing three one hour episodes and spotlighting just the one person, they just edited between the different locations and the different people involved. Well, because Grant's involved, I'll, I'll first watch all. Yes, exactly. And so I think there's there's a lot to learn from the way each person is approaching this task and this challenge. Well, let's do this again sometime, and I'll see you tomorrow morning on the on the on the licensee call. All right. Thank you so much, Tom. Be great. Hey, Thanks for your time. You're welcome. Bye bye. Well, that was fun, wasn't it? I'm invested in your business and personal success, and I hope you found this episode of the podcast insightful. If you or your business is ready to grow, check out my website, 10 Excellence. This is the way that you do that. Number 10, then X-L-E-N-Z.com. Be sure to follow me and send questions on Facebook at Arrow and Marine Tax Professionals and on Twitter and YouTube at Thomas Alston. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on our next episode.